Hello Radio Verulam, Mr Pettit here, continuing my Verulam School History podcast series for the local radio station. I'm going to be providing local stories from St Albans that link into broader narratives of British history. This week, I'm linking up with the English department at Verulam School to consider the conditions in St Albans in the 19th century and relating these to the infamous Charles Dickens' portrayal of Victorian society in his famous novella, A Christmas Carol. Mr Jordan, an inspirational English teacher at Verulam, has been working with two of his Year 9 English literature students, Arthur Raitt and Bruno Winter, to consider Dickinson's relationship with our local area and how his message against ill-treatment of the poor could be linked to experiences in St Albans. It's believed that Charles Dickens first visited Hertfordshire as a journalist to cover a fight at Hatfield House in 1835 and, whilst in Hatfield, he might have used the setting to inspire some elements of his novel, Oliver Twist. However, the strongest connection that Dickens shared with the area is with his novel, Bleak House, the eponymous house being located in St Albans itself, at the crossroads of Gombards and Normandy Road and Folly Lane. Bleak House is the home of the wealthy protagonist of the novel, Mr John Jardice, a character aiming to help the less fortunate, an antithesis of one of Dickens's most famous or infamous characters, Ebenezer Scrooge in The Christmas Carol. Scrooge starts the novella, disregarding the plight of the poor and praises the poor law. Arthur will now look at what the poor law actually was and how this links to both Dickens's tale and our local area. The Poor Law Amendment of 1834 was created by the Prime Minister of the time, Earl Grey. And for any of you tea lovers out there, yes, Earl Grey is named after this man. The Poor Law was essentially a way of getting the homeless and needy working. They would be blackmailed, almost, into going to work in a workhouse with those that refused facing unemployment. A workhouse was a horrible, disease-ridden place where the inmates would be forced to do incredibly unpleasant and gruelling jobs. In the Victorian era, the public's opinion towards the workhouses and the poor law were divided. Many people in the upper and middle classes believed that paying tax to support the poor was a burden and the poor were enjoying the relief and beginning to slack off. However, several people in the upper and middle classes opposed it because they thought that the poor were born into poverty and they did not bring it upon themselves. In addition to this, many people opposed the workhouses because they thought of them as like prisons, not somewhere that you can live and work. Dickens' well-known character, Ebenezer Scrooge, also mentions the poor law in Stave 1, the first chapter of A Christmas Carol. He states in his heated conversation with the two charity workers, known as the portly gentlemen, visiting him for a donation to help the poor on Christmas Eve. Are there no prisons? asked Scrooge. Plenty of prisons, said the gentleman, laying down the pen again. And the union workhouses? demanded Scrooge. Are they still in operation? They are, still, returned the gentleman. I wish I could say they were not. The treadmill and the poor law are in full vigour then, said Scrooge. Both very busy, sir. Oh, I was afraid from what you said at first that something had occurred to stop them in their useful course, said Scrooge. I'm very glad to hear it. This short extract shows clearly the divide that I mentioned earlier. The portly gentlemen are very against the poor law and have come to ask Scrooge for some money for those in need. On the other hand, Scrooge is portrayed as agreeing with the poor law and the workhouses. He thinks that giving these men his hard-earned money is an unfair burden on him and that those in need deserve what they've got. Dickens may be including this to show his opinion on the poor law and how he thinks it should be changed. He could think this because when Dickens was a boy, his father went to debtors' prison. It was a prison system in which people who could not pay off their debts or rents would be sentenced to. 
As a result of this, Dickens was sent to a blacker's factory, in which he had to glue labels onto bottles for many hours a day. The Poor Law in St Albans, however, was formed on the 23rd of May in 1835. There was one workhouse in St Albans that the poor were sent to. A board of 17 people decided that the poor law should become present in St Albans, and so it did. The building of the workhouse is still standing today, only now instead of a workhouse it is an estate agent, just next to the War Memorial on St Peter's Street. However, there's also a different view on how workhouses were used in our local area. One that might not correlate with Dickens' view of how the poor were treated. In 1598, the first poorhouse was built in St Albans, and after changing its name during the early 1700s, St Albans had a sole workhouse, St Peter's Parish. Yet, due to certain reasons, a further three were later built, locating themselves on the outskirts of the town centre. A report from a worker in St Peter's Parish states there were roughly 20 people from an age of 50 to 80 fitted into this one house. Here they worked tirelessly, most winding cotton wick for the first-class citizens, while also working on a minimum wage. This was a permanent job for these people, who worked every day of the week except Sundays. Children also worked here too, with young boys and girls working from the age of four, making horsewhips and spinning linen and woolen. The workers also made their own food, paid with their own money, and had to serve the whole household, including the highest standard men who kept close watch on their work. The workers who lived here were poor, yet surprisingly well treated if ill or tired. They had to pay rent until new management in 1724, so now workers had less problems regarding money. The workhouses were described as a success by people during the era, because not only did they take people off the streets, it helped these people earn money they wouldn't have been able to if they were still homeless or in deep poverty. The poor were generally well treated and cared for in there, and in 1725 there were houses built for the people who worked there. More money was given towards funding the development of the houses by richer people. This started narrowing the gap between rich and poor in St Albans. The Abbey Parish even claimed to have reduced its poor rates by above half, encouraging other parishes to follow suit. However, it could be argued that such success couldn't be sustained with the growing demands of the Industrial Revolution. Attitudes towards the poor have shifted over time and it's interesting to see how Charles Dickens' message of social responsibility can be viewed in our current society. Every year, Verulam School helps support the Feed Project, a fantastic opportunity to help support those sadly going hungry in our local area. Perhaps we should take on board some of the lessons of the poor law and the use of workhouses to reflect on our own vision of society, taking notice of Scrooge's ultimate realisation at the end of the novella as he gives to charity and supports a struggling family. I will honour Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present and the future. Thank you, Arthur and Bruno, for sharing their findings on life in the Victorian era. It's been really interesting to hear about aspects of that society, like the poor law and the workhouses, especially in relation to our own community here in St Albans. Perhaps some of those questions about the treatment of the poor were running through Charles Dickens' head when he first visited this area eight years prior to writing A Christmas Carol. <laughs>